Warning. By listening to the conversations on this podcast, you will begin to live the intrepid way. Life is short and moving fast. Only we can show you how to fully integrate a new business mindset coupled with a lifestyle design that will equip you with a new approach to overcoming and in fact thriving on the daily grind of life. And now, here is your host, Todd Schnick. Welcome back to the Intrepid Way podcast. I am very, very much looking forward to today's conversation. I'm trying to think back to when I last had uh, this gentleman on my show. I'm thinking it was probably five, six, seven years ago. We had him on the show to talk about his book called Ape. So it's been a while. I was so excited to see this new book come out. Uh, I never thought I'd live long enough to see him come out with a pseudo-memoir, but... uh, it's going to be a great conversation. Let's welcome back to the show our friend Guy Kawasaki. Guy, welcome Thank back. You. I'm grateful for the chance to be back. Yeah, so I do appreciate uh, you being so generous with your time. Thanks for coming back. I'm pretty certain anyone listening to my show is pretty familiar with you, but just in case, take a quick second, tell us a bit about you, your background, and the work that you're out there doing. Sure. So probably many people heard of me because of my work at Apple. I was Apple's software evangelist, and my job was to convince people to write Mac software and create Mac hardware. I started some software companies, started a venture capital firm, went back to Apple as Apple's chief evangelist, left again to become an entrepreneur again. Now I am chief evangelist of a company called Canva out of Sydney, Australia, and a Mercedes-Benz brand ambassador. Oh, lucky you. All right. So, yeah, no, I'm sure everyone's familiar with your story. And uh, so you are also an author, I believe, the one that just came out, which is called Wise Guy, Lessons Mm -hmm. from a Life, uh, is your 15th book, correct? Yeah. Go figure, man. (laughs) that's, uh, that's, That's impressive. So, gosh, you made it clear in the book that this is actually not a memoir. Uh, you do yes. you do share some of the life story and a lot of the experiences and and most importantly are sharing the lessons learned from this. Uh, but why did you need to do this book? Well, royalty. <laughs> I have two tuitions to pay. So <laughs> that um, surfing equipment too. Well, I know that too. Yes, yes. Glad you mentioned that. So I wrote this book because I want to be remembered for someone who empowered people. And I want to empower people through writing, speaking, podcasting, uh, investing, and advising. This is the first. This is writing. So it took me about 64 years to accumulate this wisdom. (laughs) And I could not have written this book 10 or 20 years ago. And if I don't write it now, I might forget it. So (laughs) (laughs) I had to hit the window between acquiring knowledge and forgetting knowledge. So this is it. Outstanding. Well, I uh, I can speak probably from your fan base that we're grateful for the work. And I was joking about I didn't think I'd live long enough to see you write a book like this. Uh, but it's been fun now because I have been following you in your career for, gosh, I want to say probably almost a decade now. And, and it was fun going through this book because it almost was like a best of. I mean, I kind of felt like yeah. uh, there were... A lot of these stories I was familiar with. I think we first connected, you and I, when you were promoting uh, Enchantment. Yeah. And so uh, that was the first time you and I actually came together to do an interview. So it's been fun to, to see your career evolve. So here's what we're going to do. So 
the the way you organize this book is it's just in essence it's just a bunch of stories but at mm-hmm. the end of each chapter you share these little nuggets of wisdom so it's almost like a cheat sheet so you you could almost thumb through the book and just read these nuggets of wisdom and glean some key lessons uh, from the story that you had just told. So what we're going to do here, I'm following a couple of Guy Kawasaki rules. Uh, You said uh, you have to have a presentation that has no more than 10 points or you're never going to get all that across. So what I've done is I've gone through the book and I've pulled, we would need 10 hours to go through all the lessons of this book, but I've pulled 10 of my favorites and ones that I think are the most thought-provoking that I think there's some great lessons that people who have not read the book, well, we'll get some real benefit from you. And they're a little bit unorthodox. There's a lot of standard advice that, that we all know. We've all seen it and you don't always practice it. But these are so, but the nuggets I've pulled today are, are, I thought, some really interesting ones or some key points that I really want to emphasize. So that's what we're going to do. And I'm, okay. I've randomly picked these. And they're in no discernible order, so they're, they're not. Usually, your your ten point presentations have a, a clear path. Uh, these are just ten random bits of Guy Kawasaki wisdom that I'm going to kind of share the the nugget, and then I'd love for you to, to obviously expand on some thoughts on that. So, okay, does that sound like a good plan. All right, so works for me. First one we're going to do is probably a really positive one to start off with, but I thought it's a game changer for a lot of people. Is you got to change. A losing game. Yeah. Now, I think too many people out there are playing a losing game and they feel <laughs> trapped in it and they say, well, you know what, this is my lot in life and this is just the path I have to be on. I, I think most people out there could benefit from change, uh, changing a losing game. Talk about that and why. Yes. Well, the context in which I bring it up is that my uh, grandfather's generation moved from Japan to Hawaii and they did it because there was not enough opportunity in Japan. They could have stuck it out there, I guess, but you know they changed the losing game and at an extreme, they they went to another country, yeah. uh, much less a career change. And that's a valuable lesson that you know if if you decide that it just can't be done for whatever reason, then you know it's it's imperative that you get out of the losing game and. I think you can apply this to surfing too. <laughs> you can apply it to life. I mean, every element yeah. of life, right? Yeah. If if you're not achieving success and you continue to do the same thing and expect different results, it's kind of the definition of stupid. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. But the key is it. I mean, the key really is, as you said, just to decide to do it. Yep. For whatever reason, well, we don't feel like we're empowered to to actually make that change when we absolutely can. Uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, you, you know, at an extreme, if you decide to change your country, right. <laughs> that's not a trivial decision. Right. Um, it, it's not like, uh, you know, do I take my backpack or my bike bag today? I mean, right. <laughs> it's, right. it's a big decision, but uh, I think sometimes you have to make big decisions. Love it. All right. So the next nugget I want to dive into I think it's so appropriate to the era in which we live today. It's such a polarized society, culture, international community. And there's just people seem to take a side and just hate the other side. And it's just so mm-hmm. frustrating to me. So the nugget is accept that people aren't good or bad. I mean, good people do bad things. Bad people can do good things. I mean, talk yep. about why we shouldn't be It's not black or white. Yeah, this is an observation that uh, because of my travel, and I have met 
thousands of people all over. I've kind of come to the conclusion that, you know, more or less, people are the same. And, yep. you know, I think more or less, everybody wants to make a living, wants to enjoy life, and wants to raise healthy, happy kids. And it's kind of that simple. Now, we may disagree on implementation, but I think if you, you know, you got down and met people who you disagree with, who you stereotype, who you whatever, you'd find that you probably share the same values and the same thing. Now, obviously, there are some you know, psychopaths at the extreme, <laughs> but I would say, based on my experience all around the world, that wow, we're more similar than we are different. Yep. And, th and that's important to keep in mind because I think then you become more accepting, uh, more patient, et cetera, et cetera. And you won't be as miserable. <laughs> See, that's the thing. We're so unhappy. And, and yeah. I think it's because we just feel like we have to be taking sides all the time. And that's just, even from someone on a different political spectrum or someone in the different division across the hall. I mean, we, we, yeah. we just feel we're, it's always so combative. And I just, I love that nugget because it kind of is a forehead well, smack saying, all right, we're more similar than we're different. Yeah, I, I think that if we just use an example within America, right? Yeah. I think if some granola kale eating um, <laughs> hippie from California landed in Kentucky and got to know people, you would conclude, wow, we're not so different. And yep. the same thing would happen if the person from Kentucky came to Marin County, California. They would say, huh, you know, I mean, okay, so they eat more vegetables than I do, but, you know, <laughs> we're kind of after the same thing in life. You know, I grew up in Louisville, uh, guys, so oh, you know, careful, careful there. <laughs> You're right. You do eat more vegetables than me. So, All right. So this next one really resonated with me. I wrote it down. I highlighted it. I actually tweeted it out after I read it in the book. Uh, and I think this is another common scenario and mindset for too many people out there is it's don't consider yourself a victim because if you mm -hmm. believe you're a victim, you will truly become one. Please uh, mm -hmm. talk more about that. Sure. So this I learned from Condoleezza Rice, yep. and uh, she was raised in sort of Bull Connor, Alabama. Yeah. So you know, arguably, <laughs> her generation they were victims. I mean, they were yeah. German shepherds and you know fire hoses hitting them. But she said, you know, it's a it's a matter of a mindset. So if you have a victim's mindset then you will think that you are powerless and you are a victim and you can do nothing and you will not change your circumstances. Now, don't get me wrong, okay? It's easy for me to say I was raised in Honolulu, Hawaii, not Birmingham, Alabama. So I don't want to be accused of being a hypocrite or an idiot because there are some people who truly have been victimized. But my point is that if you embrace a victim's mindset where you cannot do anything, you have no control over your circumstances, and if you believe that, then you truly won't. In order to succeed, I think you have to believe that you're not a victim, and that's not an excuse, and that you do have control over your life. Absolutely. So the next one that... Well, I think you're seeing my pattern here. I, I, there are people going through issues, struggles 
they're not fulfilling dreams. They feel stuck. And so all these little mm-hmm. nuggets of wisdom are, are trying to, and, and, and I didn't plan out this way, but you're kind of <laughs> at the top of the show where you're saying your whole mission is to empower people. I think you're seeing that same thing okay, with all of these, with all these nuggets too. But the next one is don't fear the impact of quitting something. It kind of yeah. ties back to changing the losing game, but but you know we're stuck in something we don't care for. It's not moving us, uh, but we just are afraid of the repercussions of quitting. Yeah. Yes, and and that may be this uh, you know this fairy tale about sticking to something and never giving up, and you know all this kind of stuff. Well, the story that I tell is that I quit law school after one week, and <laughs> uh, you know maybe that was a little premature, but I have no regrets for doing that. However. At the time, you know, what goes through your mind is, oh, if I quit law school or if I quit violin or if I quit gymnastics or I quit, you know, AP calculus or whatever, then it's a slippery slope. And next thing you know, I'll be quitting everything and I'll be a loser. And my experience is, you know, sometimes it takes more courage to quit than it it takes to stick something out. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying you should let yourself off the hook and quit at the slightest challenge but the concept that you can never quit because once you quit you become a loser i think is false mm, love it that's exactly how i wanted you to address address that <laughs> nugget perfect yeah just tell me what you want me to say <laughs> i can just send you a script this exactly. uh, this next discussion topic actually wasn't one of the nuggets it was a, a line uh, in the book that I laughed out loud when I read it and I thought about it a lot. And I think there's a, I think there's some, there's a ton of little lessons out of this line, but I'm going to, I'm going to read it. And you said, and you wrote, I made many mistakes in these positions. I think you were talking about some of your, some of your jobs and I discussed them here so you can at least make different mistakes. Yes. And I love that because it's 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 sort of saying you're gonna fork things up every now and then. That's okay, you know. <laughs> Learn lessons from guys like me, but you're still yeah. you're still gonna make your own mistakes. I mean, that's to me, it's another way of, of empowering people. I think it's a sign of intelligence to learn from other people's mistakes and. It's funny, somebody on social media just said, uh, you know, that, oh, the only way you can learn uh, from a mistake is to make the mistake yourself. And I said, so you're telling me that if somebody didn't put on a seatbelt and got in a car accident and died, you can't learn from that. You you have to get in a car accident without a seatbelt yourself in order to learn. Yeah. It makes no sense. Right. So uh, I want people to, you know, put on seatbelts. <laughs> Yep. Yep. Uh, I, I, why repeat my stupid mistakes? At least make different mistakes. Yeah, I love that. And and we're we're, we're never going to be perfect. We're always going to make mistakes. Learn from past ones and and continue to to evolve and grow. Yeah. But uh, I I just thought that line was I just loved it and I kept it and obviously thought enough of it to uh, mention it here. So the next nugget is actually one that's repeated many many times throughout the book, obviously in in different contexts. But I think again, looking observing our current world. I think it's a very important lesson, uh, but it's be humble. Yeah. Talk about why that's so important towards our ability to, to thrive and survive in this world. Well, first of all, you know, I have had many not humble moments. Okay, so, <laughs> so I'm not Mother Teresa, all right? But I think that being humble is an improvement in one's game, that it enables you to do more. It enables you to have better, closer, and more relationships 
the story I use in the book is when I met Richard Branson and he asked me if I flew on Virgin and I said no because uh, I'm a United Airlines Global Service customer or at least I was and uh, he got on his knees and started polishing <laughs> my shoes with his jacket and I thought well so this guy owns an island he's a knight and he's a billionaire and you know he's willing to shine my shoes with his jacket so I would fly Virgin America. So that's the day I started flying Virgin America. And now you might say, well, guy, you know, he only did it because it was you. But that's not my sense of that man. No, you know, I, I agree. I, I think he would have done it for anybody. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a great yeah. lesson, you know, I mean, because and that's I was talking earlier about how uh, I feel like I've been watching the guy Kawasaki story for years and that was one of my favorite stories was was that thing that Branson did for you and and, and it is a great example of of humility and 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 that's not you know, it doesn't it's not a sign of weakness it's not, not at a, all. It, it's actually in my view a sign of strength don't, don't yeah, you agree and I, and I think that you know the fact that he would do that maybe that's why he's a knight and billionaire and mm -hmm. owns his own island mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know that that attitude caused that yep I, I think we know that's in, that's in fact very much the case. Uh, so, so great stuff there. Again, it was a very common lesson throughout your, this book of yours is this idea of being humble. So I thought since there's so much volume of mention of it, I thought we had to bring it up here. So the next one is I'm going to get some, you know, since since you and I first connected, my life has changed in a lot of ways. And my wife and I, we're aging ourselves. We're both going to be 50 this year, and and we're kind of <laughs> we're kind of seeing new, we're kind of learning and feeling these new priorities of what true happiness and what a, you know, serving mankind really matters to us now more than it did certainly as as younger adult professionals. But there's a couple of lessons in this book that really talk about. Don't assume that others are are helping when you see people in need. So just don't assume that they're being taken care of. And, you know, as you say later in the book, um, help people who cannot help you. And my wife and I are starting a foundation, and that's why I bring this up, because I'm, I'm realizing now how vitally critical that is to feeling right with the world. You know, I really think there's a karmic scoreboard up there somewhere. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> yep. and, and he, you know, we're talking about eternity here. Why take a chance, right? Right, so, right. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just love those lessons, and and I, you know, I live in downtown Chicago, so it's yeah. a big city, and I walk down street corners, and I do see homeless people, and I do see, you know, and and if you walk in by assuming that they're taken care of, well, I think that's a poor assumption, and so you have to assume that you can you can take action, and it doesn't have to be a, a significant action uh, that puts you out. Uh, even a small gesture can change yeah. a life. So I appreciate uh, you mentioning that throughout this book. Well, you know, listen, not not everybody can be a Nelson Mandela or Mother right. Teresa, right? right? But, you know, the old story about uh, if there's thousands of starfishes on the beach and they're dying, you know, why throw one back? Well, you, yeah, you did make a difference to one. Yep, <laughs> yep. So. Yep, yep. No, I love it. I love it. So you mentioned your surfing hobby earlier on the broadcast and that was my next nugget was keep trying new stuff you're never yeah. you're never too old to do something pretty intriguing that, that can become a passion <laughs> as it certainly has for yeah. me well the last time so, we talked you were you were into your hockey habit but uh, yeah surfing's a uh, new thing yeah so i i took up hockey because of my two older sons i took up surfing because of my daughter and um i have a a wisdom uh that derived from that besides the obvious one of uh, you're never too old to learn something new uh, which is that I think many many parents uh, 
whether they do it consciously or not, somehow they quote unquote force their kids to take up what they have done, right? So if you're a hockey player, you take up hockey. If you're a programmer, you make your kids take up programming. And if you play the piano, et cetera, et cetera. But I did, and I can't tell you I did this consciously, but I did the opposite, which is my sons decided they wanted to play hockey, so I played hockey. My daughter took up surfing, so I took up surfing. So rather than them, you know, taking up what I loved, I took up what they loved. And uh, that has really been beneficial because if you take up what they love, then you don't have to force them to do it, right? <laughs> right. So it's a lot easier. Well, what was what I really enjoyed about the book, now I have never surfed. Um, now yeah. I, I, I got interested in it just by hearing about your enthusiasm and you know the, the meticulous nature to how you, you work on your craft and, and you know one of, your, one of your nuggets of advice is you know get good equipment. If you're going to get the passion, good, good stuff. I mean, yeah, well, that's yeah. part of it. You know, don't don't chintz out, I guess, was the lesson I learned from that. If you're going to invest in something, then do it right and do it well and, and really treasure well, it. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, at 64, I have more money than talents. <laughs> <laughs> I got to use everything I can. You have to use all your weapons. Yes, yes, you do. <laughs> another another key nugget there. That's It's amazing how many people don't use their weapons. You know, they yeah. really don't. Yeah. The next one... I think is is one of those it was a, a, a an idea and a concept that I'm certainly have thought a lot about. You used a phrase that maybe kind of completely rethink this idea, and it goes again towards this notion of people in a life that that's not theirs that that they're going uh, in a direction that, that maybe they don't want. But it, but it's this life regresses to the mean, and it mm-hmm. and it sort of speaks to. Life's not always going to be perfect, but it's yeah. also not always going to be bad either. I mean, it, it's, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, talk more about what that really means. Yeah, well, the story I use in the book is that once, this is in my hockey days, I, I went on like a one-week thing where I was scoring five or six goals a day in, <laughs> in pickup games. And I thought, okay, so now you've truly arrived, guy. You really know how to play hockey. You can score five goals in a, you know, one and a one hour and fifteen minutes pickup hockey game. You're just doing great. Yeah. And then, of course, for the next four weeks, I scored nothing. <laughs> so, so the lesson there is, uh, you know, life regresses to the mean. So on average, I'm probably, a, you know, one goal per pickup session kind of guy. Not five and not zero either. And so when all things come out, you're going to be what you are, which is one goal. And I, I think that's true sort of in life that if you go for weeks and weeks and weeks uh, without any success, and you think, okay, this is it. I'll never be successful again. And then you'll have periods where you're very successful and it will all even out. And I've noticed the same thing in surfing. I mean, I surf twice a day sometimes. And in the morning, I catch, you know, 12 waves in a couple hours. In the afternoon, I catch two. Yeah. So after the morning session, I think, okay, guy, you've really got it now. you got surfing. And then I go out and I catch two in two hours and, like, say, okay, guy, you suck. So, you know, on average, <laughs> yep. per session, I'm catching seven waves, you know. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, I, but in thinking more about that line, I was thinking, all right, well, Apply that to people you know. And so there are your, your personal friends and neighbors and, and associates and colleagues, people that aren't famous. And you can think about that and you look back on their life and you realize that their life has regressed to the mean. You think about famous people. 
And you think about their stories, and you know, even superstars, they have a lot of bad elements in their life, right? You know, so it, it applies to everyone. So if you're if you're on top of your game, you have to prepare yourself mentally that uh, you know you have to be prepared to deal with with rough times. But if you're yep. going through a rough stretch, you know, keep your chin up and keep moving <laughs> forward. Keep applying these lessons from Guy, and and you know things will pick back up. And it's just an important thing to understand. It kind of gives you some grounding. I I think that. Probably for your listeners, the lesson that's more likely is that they go on a hot streak and think it's going to go on forever. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's not my observation. Yep. No. Yep. Yep. Well, we both I can mean, speak. Here, here's a great example. So, like, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, he's kind of regressing to the mean. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's a great example. It's a great right? current on top of mind point. I mean, few years ago he was this superstar right and right now he's going yeah. you know the company and and he's going through some bad press and and struggles and now i'm but i also think that they're going to turn it around and and ride another hot streak again i mean i'm i'm you know, i don't want to i'm not rooting for them to to fail you know i want i want that yeah. organization to succeed and do good in the world so yeah great lessons there well, another speaking of mark zuckerberg is apple right so apple yeah. one trillion dollar company and now you know iphones aren't selling as well and uh, they have to announce the services for tv and news and having been inside and outside of apple uh, i can tell you that things are never as good or as bad as it seems yeah well that's a great lesson i mean and you do for those who uh, know you and and are curious if you dive into apple and steve jobs in the book and you certainly do and oh my god yeah and uh you know so and it's everything you want i mean it's all the the real true stuff and there's some great steve jobs stories in there some stuff i hadn't even heard having followed even you for so long so what i want to close with is i yes. think the biggest skill that most of us aren't using but can use it's a mindset shift now, you also will note that you do close the book with guys' top 10 n- nuggets of wisdom. You'll notice I have not used one of those. I did not cheat. Uh, but I am going to close with one of them because I think it's one of those things that most people are operating from a certain mindset when they should be operating from another mindset. And you know I'm talking about the growth mindset. Yes. Most of us are, are operating from that fixed mindset when, in fact, we should be shifting to a growth mindset. So talk about why explain what that is and then why that's so so important why did it make guys top 10 list yeah well the growth mindset is that you know wherever you are in life you can always grow you can do better and there's two sort of common circumstances so one is you're already doing so well that you don't want to risk your image and your self-perception so if you're really great in let's say you know math you don't want to take up surfing because my, you might suck at surfing and then your self-image and you know the perception of you will be that you're not infallible. So that's, that's the downside of if you are successful but you don't have a growth mindset, you don't take risk. The flip side is also, you know, you suck at everything. You think, I, you know, I won't try anything because I cannot succeed at anything. So you don't try anything new because you – you don't think you can succeed because you're already failing in something else. And so this is kind of the work of Carol Dweck at Stanford. One very good parenting advice is, you know, don't tell your kids they're smart or they're unnatural or they're born gifted or whatever. You praise them for their work, not for their gifts. So the ability to do hard work is 
the thing that's praiseworthy. Because well, if you tell it, you know, if you tell a gifted kid you're gifted, then that gifted kid might not try something new. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great advice. I overheard a discussion once where someone said, well, what if all of a sudden the entire, every human on the earth suddenly operated from a growth mindset? We would run out of rewards and money and all that. And I'd beg to differ. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think, don't think so. I think, I think there's always, you know, we can always make that pie bigger, you know. And so, Listen, I would like for that to be the biggest problem the world yeah. faces, that, you know, we have too much of a growth mindset. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I don't anticipate that in my lifetime. Yeah, but that simple mindset shift can be game-changing for a relationship, for a, a personality, for an mm-hmm. organization, for a non-profit. I mean, it's just, uh, we're just, as you would probably agree, there's just, we're too many people operating from that fixed mindset. So yeah. I thought that would be a good way to kind of close these uh, 10 uh, nuggets of wisdom from Guy. Guy, this has been a lot of fun. I, I know you're a busy fellow, and so you probably got to get that catch some more waves so i'm gonna let you get going <laughs> should anyone want to connect to you and learn more about uh your work and most importantly this most recent book again called wise guy lessons from a life where do they go well amazon is one easy answer but really independent bookstores would have it and if they want to follow uh, me my personal quirks and interests uh, you would see the most on instagram my professional and political perspective is on linkedin but having, I need to warn you that if you follow me on LinkedIn, I'm extremely political. So I have decided to resist. So don't, don't come there expecting apolitical, and I, I mean apolitical in the sense of you know neutral, and don't expect to uh, see something that, shall I say, supports the current political climate <laughs> <laughs> so noted and i just wanted to close one one last thing i, I mentioned to a friend that i was connecting with you and and she said oh rich dad poor dad changed my life <laughs> <laughs> and, and i write about that in oh i know you do oh yeah and uh, jackie oh, chan yeah. too so. that is hilarious yeah that, that was hilarious. pretty funny so and i know you get a kick out of it guy kawasaki it was uh, so great to reconnect uh, let's be sure we don't wait so long to to talk again, but thank you again for making time uh, to join us on the show. All right. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity and uh, good luck to you and your listeners. All right. All right. That's all time we have for today. Again, on behalf of my guest, Guy Kawasaki, I am Todd Schnick. We'll look forward to seeing you again soon on the Intrepid Way podcast. We'll see you then. Thank you for paying attention to today's conversation. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and most podcast apps by searching for The Intrepid Way. And to support our work, we would certainly appreciate a rating and review. To learn more, check out toddschnick.com. That's T-O-D-D-S-C-H-N-I-C-K.com. We'll see you next time.